Magic and marketing, two topics you don't normally think of together, but actually go perfectly hand in hand. I had an amazing chat with my friend Nathan Fraser to discuss the surprising overlap of these two worlds. So let's get into it, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to yet another episode of the Wizard Factory podcast, where together we explore the universe through ourselves. Today is a very exciting episode. I'm joined by guest Nathan Fraser, who is a professional copywriter, expert marketer, a multiple book author, including his newest release called Sales Funnel Cheat Codes and a student of the occult, fellow student, I should say. So, welcome, Nathan, to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be a guest on your podcast. Absolute pleasure to have you, man. I've been following your stuff for some time and uh, was intrigued by that the idea of kind of, as I've seen you post certain things uh, alluding to the more esoteric side of things and that you are kind of uh, at least practicing this stuff on the back end. Though you may not be as like uh, upfront in how you're you're portraying it. It's definitely it's definitely going on behind the scenes. So I was intrigued by this idea of bringing you on and, and talking about kind of this fusion between these two worlds which you might say marketing has a much more exoteric uh, view at least to the average person and then diving into the cosmic sciences which are really at play within everything whether you're aware of that depth or not so let's go ahead and get into it uh, i'd like to start by just letting you introduce yourself a bit and um, and what you do so i am a marketing consultant and a copywriter which means i write advertisements for people and i help them build out sales funnels on their websites and basically, I'm all about helping connect people who provide products and services with people that can use or benefit, have their lives improved by those products or services. Um, I've been doing that for about 10 years now, and I've been doing it almost exclusively and full-time for about four years now. And uh, I love the work that I get to do. And as we go through this discussion, I'm sure we'll talk about the overlaps between some of the more esoteric occult teachings that are also very prevalent in the self-development business world and also in sales and marketing as well. So um, there's a lot of overlap that people might be surprised to hear about, and I'm assuming we're going to dive deep into some of that stuff today. Absolutely. That is why we're here. So, uh, yeah, excited. I mean, there's, there's like so many different directions we could go, uh, go with this. Um, let's, we'll get into that, but I'd like to see, um, you know, what kind of got you started first on your entrepreneurial journey. And then I'd like to hear about what got you first interested in the occult and kind of going down that road. Okay. So the entrepreneurial journey is 
basically because and for the video viewers you'll see i'm covered in tattoos i'm basically unemployable i don't fit in very well in the corporate workplace and so very early on at 19 years old i started my first business with my little brother i realized wow like working for yourself is way better than working a nine to five mm -hmm. uh, ran a few businesses into the ground had to learn about the actual ins and outs of business. Running a business is not just doing the thing. I love decorating cakes. I'm gonna start a cake decorating business. Okay, well now you gotta manage inventory. You gotta do customer acquisition. You gotta figure out how to advertise. You gotta manage the books. So running a business is a little bit more complicated than most people think getting into it. And I definitely fell flat on my face quite a few times. Um, by my fourth business that I had run into the ground or my third business that I'd run into my into the ground, I realized I needed to learn about sales and marketing. It was something that I really didn't want to learn about. I was really hesitant to learn about, but I had burnt my team out and they were like, we're not going to work with you on another project unless you learn how to sell. So that got me into sales and marketing. That got me taking a lot of the information that I learned from books like uh, propaganda and a lot of stuff that I was already studying as far as like social engineering goes and uh, mass movements and, and um, all of the kind of more esoteric stuff that only conspiracy theorists actually pay attention to. Right. Uh, I started taking some of that and learning how to use it for my marketing, uh, using the evil tools for good, I guess. And um that's kind of how I got into sales and marketing. Copywriting uh, was just for out of necessity. I ran three businesses into the ground. I wanted my fourth business to be successful. So I knew that that was what needed to change. And then along the way, uh, I was growing up, I was a very hardcore leftist. I was, I grew up in a very left wing household. I'm so sorry. And <laughs> it is what it is. But I grew up hating capitalism. I grew up hating business. I grew up hating people that were wealthy and successful. And once I started working for myself, I realized I had a lot of these belief systems that were holding me back. A lot of things that were preventing me from succeeding because I had these negative thoughts about success. I had these negative ideas about wealth and money. And so I wanted to undo those. I wanted to start, start undoing those negative programs that I had. And I started diving into a bunch of different self-help gurus and personal development gurus. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Uh, I just start, uh, I, I started diving deep in all of these uh, books about how to become the type of person that attracts more wealth, attracts more success. And about 10 years, 15 years of that, and then I started stumbling across magic principles and I started realizing, holy crap, all of these things that I've been studying from Neville Goddard, Napoleon Hill, all the way up to Robert Kiyosaki and Tony Robbins, all of this stuff, there's this huge overlap. And most of this personal development books and seminars that I've been attending, they're cleverly disguised magic principles. Mm. And so... 2020, I started just seeing all these weird coincidences and then uh, things started calling out to me and I started saying, okay, I need to take a closer look at some of the stuff that I've been deliberately avoiding this whole time because the right wing 
uh, conservative Christian conspiracy theorist told me, this is all evil. Don't pay attention to it. I was like, well, maybe I'll just kind of peek at it and um, dove down the rabbit hole and have had amazing transformations in my life and in my business and in my understanding of reality. And so uh, I, I put my tiptoes in the water and then went <laughs> neck deep into the water. Water's fine. I'm, Dive on yeah, in. I'm fully submerged now. So that's where I'm at now. That is really fascinating to hear how, first of all, you it started more with the entrepreneurial side, first by kind of just diving in and um, kind of like breaking some bones first and saying, okay, maybe I need to figure out a little bit more of the, the foundational principles of this, figure that out, which was interesting because it brought up an idea that I came across. I can't remember the specific uh, name for it, but it was something like backwards learning or something where you actually retain knowledge a lot better if you first experience it, even if you fail miserably, because then when you're starting to take in the knowledge, you actually have experience to to uh, relate that to and give context to everything. So you're like, oh, that's what I didn't do. And that's why I totally fail on my face. Um, and then to hear that uh, by kind of natural progression, you stumbled across the, the other stuff, realized there was an overlap, which is interesting because, again, that they do seem to be fairly isolated in terms of like their following and the, the content that you can find. You rarely hear a wizard, so to speak, talking about marketing and vice versa, whether Tony Robbins is secretly reading Crowley, you know, late nights or whatever, uh, he's not talking about it either. It's there's kind of like this, this uh, separation, whether that's intentional or not. Uh, I find that really, really fascinating. I think it is intentional. I, I'm not going to put any names out there, but I've had, dis I've had discussions with very, very high level business people. And very frequently when, when the conversation turns to the more esoteric side of stuff, they're fully aware of it. They've been practicing, they've been uh, internalizing, they've been studying some of them for decades, years at the very least. And a lot of the personal development and life coaches out there are fully aware of all of this stuff. But, and this is something that might come off wrong, but I've noticed as I've kind of dived deeper into this world, a lot of the people that are into um, esotericism, spirituality, a lot of them are broken people. A lot of them are desperate people. A lot of them are people who are still stuck in victim mindset. Very and the, uh, you can burn some candles and attract someone who's going to love you forever, or you can put some money in this jar and it'll help you pay your rent. That's the overwhelming majority of the, of this community. And if I'm going to be trying to coach highly effective, high achievers, I don't want to attract the people who are, uh, angry because they can't pay rent, angry because they can't find somebody who loves them. I want to attract a different audience. So I'm not going to package it the same way that the spell books in the local crystal store are going to package it. I'm going to package it as this is the stuff you need to take your, not, your life to the next level. You're already successful. Here's how you become uber successful. So I'm not going to package it as witchcraft or uh, 
esoteric arts. I'm going to package it as um, personal development. I'm going to package it as becoming the best possible person that you can because I want to attract a different audience because I feel like I can help that audience more than I can help the struggle bunnies who are barely able to make rent and can't find somebody to love them. So I know for a fact a lot of the high-level names in coaching and in business and personal development, all, a lot of them are into this stuff, but they won't talk about it openly like we are on this podcast because it attracts the wrong audience and they're very careful about who their message attracts. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense from from really multiple angles because on one hand, first of all, it's called the occult for a reason. It's it's hidden not because it's it's not always self-evident to the person until they're they're learning these kind of hidden laws, but it's also a cult in terms of it's being being kind of kept on the down low by certain people for I guess just trying to with hopes that the right kind of people will seek the knowledge out and and not because um, the average person to be totally blunt is is not really cut out they're, they're uh they haven't done that inner work to yeah. to be able to handle that kind of power it's kind of like handing a, a loaded gun to a child they're they're it's it's more dangerous and and probably more harmful than good so yeah that's and then, and then so like and then i can see how on the other hand some might want to keep it hidden to keep others from power like in a more like egotistical kind of way so there's there's like all these different ways you can kind of look at it and they're kind of all simultaneously true depending on the person and the situation you're you're looking at so this is just super interesting to me really yeah and what i have i've spoken with a lot of people that are like high level rosicrucians high level freemasons that are also into this stuff um from what I can best observe, there is a ideological struggle at the top of a lot of these um, organizations and a lot of the higher echelons of understanding of this stuff. There are people that are very much abundance, abundancy mindset people, and those are the people that are trying to get the message out there. And if they have to wrap it in the self-development guise to get it out there, they're doing that. If they have to uh, start up YouTube channels and, and put it out there that way, they're doing it that way. Then there are people that really understand this, but they're in a scarcity mindset. They don't want to compete. They don't have faith that human beings will be able to swim if you throw them into the water. And uh, they see that most people go through life begging to be told what to do, begging for instructions. They want, instead of starting their own business, they just want to show up, clock in and be told what to do. And both, I think, are valid points. I think that this information should be out there for whoever wants it. But I also understand that most people don't want it. And I see at the top of the people that have really uh, mastered this stuff, there's a, I don't want to say a power struggle, but there's definitely a difference of ideology where some people want to empower humanity by getting this out there any way that they can. And some people want to keep the power to themselves. And so I don't think it's a black and white mm. either or situation. I think that there's a lot of people on both sides of the debate doing everything they can to ensure that their idea is the one that wins out. 
Very well said. Yeah, it's, it's it comes down to the kind of the mental state of the person, and are like you said, scarcity uh, or just kind of a more dark sided approach. They want to have the guns. They want everybody else to have spoons and knives and and things like that to keep it on an uneven playing field. But then the the more light sided ones, they want to spread the information, but they still understand that they have to be more methodical, tactful, and conscientious about how they're doing that. So they're not coming out and just saying, come learn all the secrets of the universe and have unlimited power. It's mm -hmm. more just like, hey, here's some fundamental principles that'll help make your life better. And that has a lot more kind of mass appeal, keep it simple, and uh, help people without putting it in that package, basically. Yeah, and the, this is just my personal path. By the time that I actually discovered, oh, this is weird. My thoughts are influencing the world around me. I'm thinking about stuff and then it's happening. I'm thinking about songs and then they play on the radio. I'm thinking about people and they end up calling me. I am envisioning what I want my business to be. And then all of a sudden the pieces are falling into place almost effortlessly. And before I found that all of this stuff could happen, that just my consciousness could influence the universe. I had gone through years and years of reading books like uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, As a Man Thinketh, The Four Agreements, all of these books that are designed to awaken you to your power, but also put in safeguards so that you know that, hey, as you become more powerful, you need to be conscious of how you're affecting other people. You need to be conscious of how how to not be greedy and selfish and uh, how to not be corrupted by the power that you're attaining. And so by the time that I came into wait a second, something metaphysical is going on. I'd already been indoctrinated through a decade worth of these books that were talking about, here's how you be the calm person. Here's how you control your urges. Here's how you control your inner programs. Here's how you make sure that you go into every situation with the other person's interests at heart to make sure that it's a win-win situation. If you're handed all of this power without that the, without that sort of initiatory process, I can see how it can quickly become abused and it can go sour. And so I feel fortunate that I came into the magic side of things after 10 years of personal and self-development because I don't think that I would have been able to handle it if I was a less mature person once I discovered all of this more esoteric metaphysical stuff that's going on. For sure. And it's interesting to note that you weren't really looking for it necessarily. You you didn't go to Google and be like the secrets of the universe and how to, con you know, have unlimited power over people and, and that kind of thing. You were just on your own path of self-improvement coming from that kind of genuine place of just how can I make things better and kind of found it naturally that way. So, yes, Actually, I didn't go Google it. Google came to me and was like, yo, so um, 2000 and, and I'm not taking responsibility for this, but 2019, I like to read fiction books. It's one of the things that helps me write better advertisements is reading fiction. And so mm. 2019 Halloween, I was like, I want to read a good scary book. And I went and I got The Stand by Stephen King. And I read The Stand 
And it took me about a month to get through it. And the day after I got done reading The Stand, and if people don't know, it's about a virus that takes over the world and kills 90% of the population. Oh, cool. The day after I get done reading The Stand, YouTube, alternative media on YouTube starts talking about this virus that's popping up in, in, in China. And I'm like, holy crap, I just read a book about a virus that spreads across the world and kills off all these people. And now there's all these alternative commentators talking about this virus that just sprung up out of China. That was really weird for me. And then a bunch of other coincidences started happening. And then I got a client that was a dream client for me. And he starts talking to me about consciousness. And then one of my, one of my uh, guys that I work with as a personal development coach for myself, he starts talking about uh, why we should keep our things a secret instead of bragging on Facebook when, we're, uh, when we've got an idea, why we should protect those ideas and uh, not share them with the world until they're ready, until they're ready for mm -hmm. fruition. And the day after I get a call with him talking about why we should keep our working a secret, and he's working with me on these on a bunch of self-development stuff as well. The day after that call, though, YouTube sends me a video saying, or a, a, suggests a video saying, why you should keep your magic a secret. And I was like, okay, well, that's weird. So I watch it. And the same reasons why this magician is talking about keeping his magic secret is all the same reasons my buddy at is one of my coaches was telling me why I should keep my business plan secret until they're ready to come to fruition. So I was like, well, that's weird. And then YouTube started recommending more and more magic material. And I kept seeing all these weird overlaps. And then I started seeing all these weird synchronicities where I would think about somebody and they would call me, or I would think about a song and it would play on the radio when I jumped in the car that morning, or uh, I would say, I need this. And then it would just be there. I would say, I need this book. And somebody would be like, Hey, I got an extra copy of this book. Do you mind if I send it to you? Uh, and it just kept happening over and over again, where as soon as I needed something, as soon as the students ready to learn, the master would appear. Hmm. And I was just like, okay, there's just way too many coincidences happening ever since the, the stand and Corona hitting from that point forward, my life was just bombarded with all these crazy coincidences. And so I started looking into what is, what are all these coincidences meaning? And then I started realizing, oh, you can intentionally direct the coincidences. You can cause coincidences mm -hmm. and they'll look like coincidences, but you'll know that you caused them. And so, uh, yeah, for the last three years, two years, I've just been going down this rabbit hole of what is really going on? What is nature? What is reality? What is consciousness and what is our relationship to all of it? I love it. And yeah, there's a fine line between synchronicity and is Google listening to everything we say and do. But at a certain point when there's that many coincidences, obviously you're like, okay, no, this, there's something to this. And I think that's incredibly important to really emphasize there is that's how you know when it's not just a bunch of woo-woo stuff or just, you know, magical thinking, so to speak is through personal experience. You should never take uh, what people say or try to tell you as truth as face value, whether it's coming from organized religion or, you know, marketing, the marketing guru, or something more like, you know, the esoteric sciences. It's like, it may sound good on paper and everything and make logical sense, but what 
you have to test it. It's always, you know, it's a scientific process. Like have your thesis, but then run the experiment, see what kind of results you get. And then it doesn't matter what other people say, because if something works for you, then it works and you should use that, you know, move forward with it. So a couple of real quick examples, and these are completely anecdotal. Uh, just a few weeks ago, I was having a call with, again, one of my guys that's my coach and, and helps me with a lot of personal development stuff. And uh, I passed on a really, really good job that was out in Baltimore, and they were going to start me off at seven figures to start. And wow. I passed because I didn't want to move away from my daughter. I didn't really like the business. And he was giving me crap about it. He's like, "What well, you? that was like your dream job. You were going to make so much money doing what you like to do. And I was like, I, I was like, I wouldn't be able to spend as much time with my daughter. I want to work locally. I don't want to have to move to work. And I really want to be selling stuff that I enjoy. I have, a, I have a couple of clients that I really like. I didn't want to ditch them to go chase this other client. And so that morning we sat down and we're like, what do you want? What kind of clients do you want? And then that afternoon I get a call from somebody and he's like, Hey, there's a art gallery up in Denver. They sell esoteric artwork. They're less than 50 miles from you and they want you to run your, their marketing and they're willing to pay you this much. And I was just like, how did I just have this conversation this morning saying, this is what I want. And this afternoon I'm getting somebody saying, Hey, we want you and things like that. And then I started messing around with sigil magic. And every time that I've done, I've put intention to a sigil. Um, I've had undeniable stuff and I don't want to get into that stuff. But every time I do it the next day or within a week, it happens. Whatever I said, this is what I want to happen, happens. And it usually exceeds my expectations. So it could be all in my head, but I've got so far like a 90% success rate with saying, just clarifying, this is what I want. This is what it's going to look like. This is what it's going to feel like. This is what the result is going to be. Meditating on it, focusing on it, clarifying it. And almost every single time within a day or two, uh, up to a week, boom, it happens. It shows up in my life. And, uh, yeah, I can't deny it anymore. I can't. I used to. I used to be like, well, maybe, but I'm kind of an atheist, and I don't really believe in all of this stuff. And I'm at the point now where I just, I'm like, okay, I'm embracing it. I'm going on this ride. This is what it is. Yeah, I've definitely experienced things like that too. And like you said, after so many times, you you can't just keep chalking it up to coincidence. I mean, maybe a few times, but when it's again and again and again, and when you're so specific with what you want that's the best way to to really like hone in and materialize that magic the more specificity you can give it the more kind of psychic power that you're putting into that and then sometimes the universe wants to test you and say okay but do you really want it and it'll kind of throw you some curveball to see if you're willing to s sacrifice for it i think sacrifice is a really important part of the magical process because it's not i mean without that you're just praying like oh god give me a big house and a nice car and all this kind of stuff it's very like entitled child mindset if you really want something you better be willing to give up something for it and sometimes you'll be given that opportunity to say like is this really what you want and how bad do you want it so uh, i'd love to get into how some of the ways that 
more specifically magic and marketing are linked in terms of like the overlap, some of those principles, the very practical aspects of it. Uh, one thing that came to mind, as I know you're a copywriter, is the, the idea of bardic magic, because copywriting is all about storytelling. So you're essentially a modern day bard that is kind of like weaving these stories that captivate people and you can influence them for, for good or for bad. It's, that's up to you. But uh, I'd love to hear you uh, go into more depth on that. So this is something that's kind of a new thing for me to think about is what are the magical aspects of marketing and copywriting and there's some stuff that I could get into that's, oh, you know what? I'm going to tell a story. And this is, this is something that horrified me the first time that I heard it. And now I'm going to admit that it is something that I myself do. So uh, this is out there for the world. Um, back when me and my brother had our first business. It was a record label. We were doing hip hop shows and uh, putting out records and doing that. And uh, there was occasional rumors of people that would get signed for like these bigger named uh, record labels and they would cut what is called a master CD. So you go in, you record and they cut a master CD from the studio that all of the other CDs were based upon. And now it's all digital. So this is dating myself as an old guy, but back then they would cut a master CD and then they would print all of the CDs, all of the CDs that went out to everybody listening would be printed from or, or copied from that master CD. And we kept hearing, and at first I thought it was crazy talk. And then I was like, oh man, this is some, some like Illuminati devil worshiping stuff. But we kept hearing that when you cut the master CD for these bigger companies, I'm not going to name the companies, but they would take you and they would do a ceremony over the CD. They would take it and they would take it to a temple and they would do a blessing on it that they would say that it would have influence over the listeners, that it would get out and it would become a top 40 song and whatever the case may be, whatever they, they would put their intention into that master CD. And then after they did the ritual, they would take the CD to the distribution company or to the manufacturing company, and they would take that one that had the intention placed in it, and then they would make all the other copies from that original CD with that original intention in it. And when I first heard it, I thought it was weird, and I thought it was crazy, and I thought, this is nuts. And then I started learning about like the Illuminati and all of the Freemasons and all of the New World Order stuff. And I was like, okay, well, this is some kind of like weird satanic Illuminati witchcraft. And they're probably just doing it because they're nuts and they believe this stuff or whatever. All that to say full circle now, whenever I do any piece of marketing, I do something very similar. I put my intention. This is what I want this piece of marketing to accomplish. This is what I want I want it to attract this type of people. I want it to make this many sales. I want it to bring in this type of client. I want it to reach this spot on the Amazon's bestsellers list. And so now every time that I put out my marketing, I do some of that more esoteric uh, ritualistic stuff. I don't sacrifice goats and soak my books in their blood or anything like that, but I do put intentions. I do meditate. I do some ritualistic magic on to add in to my marketing and 
that's probably a level higher than the question that you were actually asking, but uh, I found that it works. It makes my marketing more effective and I would be surprised if I'm the only person out there doing it. Yeah, that's not beyond what I was asking at all. That's that's definitely what I was looking for. And uh, what was coming up for me there thinking about this is, first of all, the first, the automatic take, as you said, uh, to somebody that's not in the know, they assume that it's evil, that it's satanic, uh, the goat thing. I mean, it, it's all this kind of Hollywood crap that we've been shown oh that's what the occult is it's a bunch of people in robes doing weird stuff and they're all evil and this kind of thing that just goes to show in my opinion how disconnected we are from our ancestral roots ritual and magic was an, a part of everyday life for people in the pre-christian era before it was completely demonized and it's it all comes back to the principle of mentalism what is the intention of the person doing it if you believe that only people doing that are all evil that's just a projection of what you have going on inside and not trusting that there's other good people that may have this kind of knowledge and wouldn't use it for for evil now when you get higher up in power you know looking at the record companies and stuff like that well there's a case to be made there that it's a little bit more centralized, it's more controlled, and has a higher likelihood of being corrupted. But looking, you know, taking someone like yourself, you're just an individual who's practicing your craft. There's no reason to assume that it's inherently evil what you're doing. It's that I think it's a projection of people who fear their own power. They would never touch that stuff. And, uh, you know, they assume that anyone who did would inherently have to be evil. It just comes from a complete lack of understanding. And as I said, a, a disconnection from how things were for the majority of human history up until Christianity and, and um, the Abrahamic religions, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I will admit that when I first heard about the record labels doing this, I immediately thought it was evil. And if somebody from right now went back 10 years and told 10 years ago me, hey, in 10 years, you're going to be doing this every time you put out a new lead magnet or every time you release a new book, I would have thought that they were out of their mind. Uh, but here I am. This is where uh, the path has led me. Well, again, it's about what gets you results and what what is about uh, manifesting and I guess kind of taking that back to the fundamentals, which we didn't really touch on as far as like, what what even is magic? Well, and I'd love to hear your, your take or your definition, but mine would simply be, uh, first, it's the, the trivium process. So you first have to have the knowledge and understanding of the laws of nature, the laws of the universe and how shit actually works here. And then using those by taking action to create a, a result whatever that may be is is just an, a reflection of your intentions i would say i mostly agree with you i'm not sure if there are angels and spirits and and demons um, uh, around us that influence things i wouldn't be surprised but i'm not 100% sold on it what i am 100% sold on is we have the same creative force that whatever created us bestowed upon us we mm. are made in the image of our creator we are fractals of the consciousness i 
tend to believe that consciousness itself is a single entity and it breaks itself up into billions and billions and billions of fractals of itself and allows us to live out reality so that we can experience ourself through an individualistic level. Um, that might be a little bit deep. That's just the no, best. Not for this <laughs> that, channel, man. This is all we talk about. What you just described is animism, like to a T. That's exactly what that is, is that all living things and even non-living is, is imbued with the cosmic life force energy and consciousness, essentially. Yeah. So my belief is that it's all interconnected, quantum entanglement, all of that, where what goes on in the brain, the brain is not just a receiver for information. It's also a transmitter. It communicates with the greater consciousness that's out there. And you, whether you consciously do it, I believe that we're all, what I call it magic. It, there might be a better word for it, but the ability to think about something and then have it impacted in the world, have the universe respond by delivering whatever the universe thinks is important to you. I call that magic. I work on it. I hone it. I try to be deliberate about it. I think we're all doing it. I think most of us just do it unintentionally. Most of us uh, don't control what we're thinking about. Our lives spiral into whichever direction our untrained mind leads us. And I think that everybody is out there practicing magic. I just do it intentionally. I want to have control over my own life, over my own destiny to the best ability that I can. And practicing magic, honing uh, the way that I think, the, med the meditations that I do, um, honing and experimenting with the results that I get. To me, it's just a form of living consciously. I don't see it as being some sort of tapping into evil demonic powers. I might be wrong. Don't take my word for it. But for, from my experience, it's just a form of exercising sovereignty over myself. And so I don't see myself ever giving it up. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you, you nailed it there. And I love that you brought up the the concept of like angels and demons and these entities and kind of that sort of thing because i would just describe that as like a slice of the pie when it comes to magic it's an aspect of the occult but it's not the all-encompassing it's not what it is and that's what most most people especially christian-minded people tend to assign to that is that it's all about conjuration and you know ouija boards and you're you're dabbling and stuff like you know calling up things that you i mean you can do that but what does that say about the empowerment the mindset of the person doing that like you just said we all have these these magical capabilities you don't need to call on other entities unless you inherently believe you're weak that's why those things tend to be kind of more of the dark side of things because that's the kind of person that would be attracted to calling on something outside of themselves for power rather than understanding they are little g god that can create and have great influence over their reality mm -hmm. good stuff man so uh it, before we move on is there any other sort of like those those fundamental principles where there's overlap that you think would be good to bring up here? Um, I think the main one, and we, 
hinted at this earlier, but this is the one that made the most impact for me is understanding your subconscious programs. A lot of us throughout our life, our, our parents tell us this is the way that it is. So that's how we act. Our teachers tell us this is how it is. So that's how we act. Hollywood paints a picture. And so that's how that's the, the lens that we see reality through. Something happens when we're eight years old, we find the best way that we can deal with it at eight years old. And we say, from now on, every time I run into this situation, this is the thing that gets me my way. This is the, and we have these programs that we go through life completely unconscious about. Uh, somebody cuts, cuts me off in traffic. I act like this. I walk in and my wife has that look on her face again. I automatically assume it means this and I snap into this type of mode. This, this happens and I resort to 12 year old version of me to handle it. This happens and I resort to 35 year old version of me to handle it. And we go through life with all of these, uh, programs, programs, stories, um, mm -hmm. automations that completely run us. And then the other thing is we go through life without a sense of direction. We don't have a North star. We don't think this is where I want to be. This is my five-year plan. This is the type of person that I want to be. This is what I want in my life. And this is the type of person that, that attracts that. And so I'm going to start living as this person so that I can attract the things in life that I want. Most of us don't do that. We're just kind of, well, life's going to take me where it's going to take me. I'm a victim of circumstances. I work this job because I can't find a better job. I'm with this person because I don't want to start over and find a better person. Uh, I, I, I'm just kind of a, a victim to the winds. I'm going wherever the winds blow me. And in marketing, one of the things that you have to be very clear on is what do I want? What kind of people do I want to attract? This message can only appeal to one type of person. I have to exclude all other types of people. What type of people do I want to attract to my business? What type of people do I want this advertisement to resonate with, speak to, and pull into my world? And Getting clear on what you want is so difficult for most business owners. When I when I start working with them, I'm like, who are you trying to attract? Who is it that you want to do business with? Who is it that you want to sell to? And they're like, well, you know, everybody. Okay, that's not helping me. That's not a North Star. That's a whole galaxy. And I have no idea which direction we're going. We need to hone in on what the North Star is. Who is your North Star customer? In personal development, what is your North Star avatar? Who is it that you want to be? What kind of life do you want to live? What what does your morning look like? What does your daytime look like? What does your free time look like? What does your interactions with the people that you care about look like? How do you handle frustrating situations where you start to lose control? How do you regain that control so that you don't slip back into your pre-programmed automations to get real clear on what you want is something that 99% of people go through their entire lives never doing, either because they're afraid or they don't understand the importance of it. And it's something that you can't be a good marketer if you're not able to do. And you can't go anywhere in personal development if you don't know how to do it as well. And like I said, it's the foundation of magic. The foundation of magic is getting clear inside your own head. This is what I want. And 
letting the universe know that this is what you want. If you just put out a vague message, it's kind of like, honey, what do you want for dinner? Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of hungry. What sounds good to you? Okay, that doesn't help me. I need to know what you want for dinner. The universe is just waiting for us to clarify what do we want for dinner? What do we want for our life? What do we want for our business? What do we want from our partners? What do we want to give to the world? What do we want to receive from the world? Most of us never get clear on that. So the universe keeps asking us what we want for dinner. And we're like, well, I don't know. What do you want for dinner? And so the universe just gives us what it wants for dinner. Oh, I love that, man. Yeah. Like this is, I think, one of the biggest things that people aren't aware of that's holding them back. First of all, not connected to their purpose. They're not going within asking themselves those questions of what do I want? What what makes me come alive? Where where are my passions? How can I give my gifts back to the world? And then being totally unclear and vague on what they're creating as well. If you don't know what you want, then and you're just kind of a, a victim of circumstances at, at, at any given time, like you said, just blowing around in the wind, thrashing around in the wherever the current takes you, then that's what your life is going to be is just kind of whatever and um and you're going to probably keep manifesting the same things over and over and over because we're all magicians it's just some have become lucid and become conscious of what we're creating and actually having some care that's a you know a core the 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 divine feminine principle of care has to be imbued in that creative process otherwise your magic is trash we're all doing it it's just like whether you're doing it mindfully and and concisely or bad and like you said uh running on those those programs that have been running since their inception and uh, that is what's actually creating through the subconscious mind. The dwarves in the North, uh, the Norse mythology is the subconscious mind, and they they live under the ground, and they 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 have the you know creative the 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 magical weapons and things like that. It's like that's what's actually forging your reality. But the dwarves are just running amok if you aren't doing the inner work and diving in and asking yourself those questions saying where what place am i creating from from scarcity from self-limiting beliefs or empowerment hey guys hope you're enjoying the episode so far i just want to take a quick moment to offer you a special gift it's the free initiation package download this is a free download package that includes the toolbox mini course I created this package to equip you with all of the essential tools you need for any type of energetic or magical practice for anyone serious about their spiritual development. It's comprised of three parts, the circle, the breath, and the voice, where you'll learn how to cast the circle of the magi, various breathwork techniques, including a powerful guided breathwork meditation, rune galler, and more. You'll also get access to the Inner Sanctum, our private Facebook group and Discord server, as well as some Wizard Factory wallpapers for desktop and mobile, all for free. And for those who've already seen this course, I'm happy to announce that this is a brand new remake with better production and even more information. You can find the link to get yours in the description below. So check it out and let's get back to the content.
So I guess let's get into, um, I wanted to ask you about some of the common hangups that people have first about, uh, marketing and money in general, because this is something that I've come across. I mean, I had my own process with this uh, myself, kind of overcoming some of those negative beliefs about money, about marketing and sales. And I've thankfully undone a lot of that programming, but I still see it really running rampant. And especially in people that they say they want freedom, they say they want to see things improve, but yet they're completely cutting themselves off from resources that will help them increase their ability to create change. So there's two aspects of this. Number one, we are programmed left and right with negative ideas about money. Money's the root of all evil. Money doesn't make you happy. You don't need money to be happy. Uh, more money, more problems. Money doesn't grow on trees. What Jesus was a carpenter. <laughs> yeah. It's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich mm. man to get into heaven. We're just bombarded with negative ideas about money. And we pass those on to our children. And I think that the way that I feel about that is it feels like going into a singles bar. And you go into the bar and you say, well, I don't need a woman to be happy. Women are the root of all evil. Women just want to marry you, divorce you, and take your money. Women are just after the guy with the biggest ding-dong. Uh, more women, more problems, whatever. You go into a singles bar and you're looking to get laid. You're looking for a wife. You're looking for someone to take home, whatever the case may be. And all you do is, is express all of these negative ex, you know, uh, expectations about what women are going to bring. It's so attractive, what, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What woman in her right mind is going to go home with you? Same thing with money. If you're going through life saying more money, more problems, money isn't bring, you know, money, you don't need money to be happy. Money's the root of all evil. It's the same thing, like walking into the bar and saying, well, I want to go home with a bunch of money, but I'm just going to sit here and talk crap about money all day. Um, that's one thing. We have a bunch of negative mindsets about money. The other thing, and this one's harder and scarier and more difficult for people to admit, self-worth. Mm. If you don't believe you deserve a uh, high paying job, you're never, you're never going to get, a, you're never going to apply for it. You're never going to apply yourself to attracting it. And if somebody comes up to you and says, Hey, I got this job and it's, you know, we're paying you this much money and you don't believe that you're worth that much money. Immediately, you're going to come up with reasons to sabotage it. You're going to be afraid that they're going to find out you're not worth it. You're going to be afraid that they're going to, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to deliver. You're going to be afraid of all of these things and you're going to sabotage it. Same thing with love. If you don't, I know people that have toxic relationship after toxic relationship. They can walk into a room with a hundred bachelors and 99 of those bachelors are the perfect match for them as far as everything that they want. And they'll go find the one douchebag that's going to treat them like crap. And right. they'll be drawn to that person and they'll ignore all the other ones because they believe that they deserve the douchebag. They don't believe that they're worthy of actually being loved. 
A lot of people don't believe that they're worthy of success. They don't believe that they're worthy of being rich and financially free. And they, they don't believe that they deserve it. So number one, having negative minds, mindset and negative issues around money, but then having negative mindset and negative issues about themselves and not believing that they're worthy of what it is that they want. Those are the two biggest things that I see cause hangups for people across the board, but also for struggling business owners. When when a business owner finally realizes, oh, I have this thing and it's awesome and people love it and I want to advertise it because I want to tell the world about it, all of a sudden the ads start working. But up until that point when they're afraid, oh, we're going to get a bunch of people who, uh, who want returns, we're going to, maybe people aren't going to actually like the product. They're always hesitant in their advertising. They're always hesitant in promoting themselves to the world. And the ads always bomb. And so I've learned not to take clients on until they're at the point where they're like, dude, I have this amazing product and I want you to help share it with the world. Those are the only type of clients that I take on now. Right. Like the law of state transference, what you feel will become infectious and, and translate in what you do and how other people receive it. And I think definitely you nailed it with the, the self-worth thing. That was a big realization of mine in this process of kind of digging into what is it about money that gets people so triggered and riled up. I mean, you can, you can sit, post something and people will just lose their minds in the comments. And it really does come back to self-worth, whether that's something as an extension of trauma that you have or something specifically with money. Maybe your parents fought about money all the time or you were always poor. And so you saw that as like the cause of your problems. Um, but think about it. If you convince yourself that it like money's evil, well, that makes it a lot easier. It's, it's like a cop out. If you don't actually believe you deserve wealth and abundance, it's a lot easier to just lie and tell yourself, oh, well, that's bad. I don't want anything to do with that anyways, because then you're just you're not really taking responsibility for that. And um, I kind of see that there being an extension of the. Uh, with the esoteric stuff as well, because, again, it's really they're just two kinds of power. If you're afraid, if you don't believe in your self-worth and you're afraid of power, you're going to demonize it in whatever form it has. That's why people tend to just like talk shit about wealthy people and rich and powerful people. Not that they're all evil, but because they themselves feel powerless. So it's easier to just write them off as all evil and selfish and all this kind of stuff than actually take responsibility for the state of your own life and the amount of power and influence that you have. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, not even just with the esoteric stuff, but just in general, we were talking earlier about the people that a very small percentage of people will take responsibility and say, yeah, I'll manage this company. Yeah, I'll start my own company. Yeah, I'll be on the line for making sure that you get a paycheck next week. The overwhelming majority of people just want to fill out a job application, application, show up, be told what to do and collect a paycheck. And it goes back to that. It goes back to, I don't deserve to be in charge of my own life. I don't deserve mm. to be making my own decisions. I don't deserve to have the financial success and the freedom that I want, but I don't deserve it. And if you don't believe you deserve it, again, you're not going to go out and search it. You're not going to make the moves that make it necessary or, or make it possible. You're not going to go out and do what you need to do. And 
if it shows up at your doorstep, coincidentally, say the universe is like, oh, maybe you are ready for happiness. Maybe you are ready for success. Maybe you are ready for that high paying career. If you're not, if you still have those, those self-worth, lack of deserving issues, uh, lack of faith in yourself issues, you're going to run and you're going to completely throw that gift away. So, um, yeah, I see it happen all the time and it's, uh, it's sad. And then what's even worse is after it happens, people go immediately back to blaming successful people, blaming rich people, blaming the system. And it's like, dude, you've had so many opportunities delivered to you and you throw them away one after another. And then you get angry at the people who don't and blame the fact that you don't have what you want on them for taking advantage of when the universe did the same thing for them. Totally. Very just childlike mentality, uh, entitlement, and a perfect example, again, of what, what I mentioned earlier about people don't understand and respect the, the concept of sacrifice. Like most people outside of just wealthy families and stuff got their wealth by taking risks, by making those sacrifices. So yeah, if you're not willing to take the risks and uh, give up some of your time and energy to go outside color outside the lines and and not just work the the safe nine to five then of course that you're going to get you know your bank account is going to reflect that for you know so and i want to say this is not a if somebody's listening to this and they're they feel stuck in their nine to five job they feel stuck in a relationship that's not fulfilling they feel stuck in a lifestyle that is feeling monotonous and and not fulfilling to them i'm not trying to attack you but I am trying to be the asshole that holds up a mirror and says, you need to look at these aspects of yourself. You need to look at your beliefs about success. You need to look at your beliefs about money. You need to look at your beliefs about yourself if you want change. You have to look in the mirror. You have to examine what beliefs are you holding in these areas? Why are you holding them? Are they serving you? And if they're not, you need to start doing the hard work of changing what you believe. And it's not to condemn you. It's not to put you down. It's not to uh, say, I'm better than you. It's to say, I was where you are at right now. And the only reason I was able to break through is because I sat down and I had these hard conversations and I took a good hard look in the mirror and I faced things that 99% of people are just not willing to face about themselves. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's it's it's important to remember to be compassionate and and show grace because let's be real, the system is designed to keep people in those positions. It's not an accident. It's yes, it's the the quote unquote safe easy route, but it's it's the whole system is designed to keep people out of their power and uh accepting kind of the mundane and being staying on the hamster wheel so to speak so it's no coincidence that this happens but you have to first change your mindset and take responsibility for that it's all your choices that got you where you are but that's the beautiful part is just as easily as you got where you are by your choices by making different ones you can change your situation. You just have to actually accept that first and decide to do it and actually commit and follow through with that. But anyone can change their situation. If you're saying, if you're listening to this, 
shaking your head and saying, yo, but, but my situation's different and I can't. You're lying to yourself and it's bullshit. And I say that from a place of complete love. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm trying to say, I, I want better for you I, and you deserve better, but you have to be real with yourself first. And I just want to add, you say the system is designed to keep people trapped in that state of the mundane. Our desire to stay trapped in that state of the mundane is what created the system. So the system is designed to keep us down, but our desire to stay mediocre is what designed the system. The only way to break free of the system is not to break the system. It's to break your programs so that you no longer rely on a system that keeps you living a mundane uh subpar lifestyle and you can't change the system to make it better you have to change yourself to make it better very well said and yeah that's a that's a great point it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing because the dark occultists could always make the argument well we're just giving people what they want right they want the bread and circus and it's like well mm -hmm. It's kind of a uh, a feedback loop of yep. the the system influences us, but then we become so subjugated and so Sock Stockholm syndrome that it becomes that we think that this is the best way and this is how what we want, but it's not what's actually in our best interest. So that's very interesting. You brought that up. So I guess uh, we can start to wrap this up by letting you share just any kind of uh, last thoughts on this topic, um, whatever you think would be relevant to what we've discussed here, uh, maybe more, you know, kind of some, some kind of encouragement or something to tie it all together. Okay. So I am going to add a little bit of my, mar of my marketing philosophy to the way that I approach magic. And that is, I have a very strict belief in marketing that I will not sell to people who I don't think actually will have their lives improved by what it is that I'm selling. I'm not the guy that sells ice to Eskimos because Eskimos don't need ice. I am the guy that will absolutely sell ice to somebody in the desert because somebody in the desert does need ice. And so when I take on clients, if I don't believe in somebody's proje project or, or product or service, if I don't believe that it actually helps people that we're selling it to, I just won't take the client on. If, if I take somebody on and they're like, hey, we need to broaden the market. And so we want to try selling this to market X and market Y and market Z who don't actually need it. I won't do it. I'm just like, no, I'm the wrong guy. Don't do that for me. Um, the way that I approach sales and marketing is I will not sell something unless I think it will improve the life of the person I'm selling it to. It needs to be beneficial. I need to make money. I need to afford the lifestyle that I'm comfortable with, but I'm not going to do it at the expense of unfairly negotiating with somebody else. And that's the way that I approach magic as well. I never approach magic. I don't do love spells. I don't do uh, influencing people to do things that I think are in their bad and, uh, you know, not in their best interest. All of my magic when it comes to business is a hundred percent. Make sure that this lead magnet makes it into the hands of the people that can actually benefit from it. Make sure that this book 
makes it into the hands of the people who need to read this book. Make sure that the clients that I will enjoy working with and that are willing to pay me what I'm worth and I'll be able to deliver for them. Make sure that those are the people that reach out to me. Make sure that those are the people that I get a good feeling with. Make sure that those are the people that the synchronicities pop up to let me know I'm on the right path with this particular prospect or this particular client. All of my magic is 100% help me make sure that my impact in the world is benefiting the people around me. Help me make sure that I am giving love to the people in my life and I'm being present with the people in my life and I'm there for the people in my life and I'm giving them what they need. Help me uh, help me be able to provide for them the, the things that they need from me. Help make sure that the things, the work that I'm putting out gets into the hands of the people that really need it right now. And so that is exclusively every single piece of magic that I have done has been make sure that it's somebody who actually appreciates what I bring to the table. Make sure it's somebody who their life I mean, you know, my life will be improved by them in my life, but their life will be improved by me being in their life. And so all of my, all of my magic is done from a non-selfish point of view. All of my magic is done from a, this is what I want to do, but I only want to do it for the people that will, that will have their lives improved by it. I only want to work with businesses that their lives will be improved by me taking over their marketing. I only want to sell to people that their lives will be improved by buying what it is that I sell. So my intent in marketing and my intent in magic is the exact same. It's never, this is what I want. It's how can I best serve the world around me? Help me by showing me the way and lining things up and making it the easiest path for me to find what I can give to the world and what I can be rewarded for giving into the world as well. So um, I guess if anything, that's the one thing that I would say I do believe in uh, karma. I do believe in, even if it's not, you know, magically, if you sell something to the wrong audience, if you sell something under false pretenses, you're going to get a bunch of chargebacks. You're going to get a bunch of people talking crap about you on the internet. So if you do something dirty to your customers, it's going to come back on you. And I believe that if you use magic, which I'm a hundred percent, I'm telling you magic is real and you can use it to get what you want out of life. If you use it to, do dirty to other people. If you use it for only fulfilling your own selfish ends, it's going to come back to you. It's You're going to get the result of uh, the negative reviews, the chargebacks, the uh, payment processors shutting down your credit card. You're going to get that back if you use magic to either manipulate people, to get them to do things against their will, to selfishly benefit your yourself at the expense of others. I'm 100% of the belief that if you have this power, just like if you have the power of influence in marketing, you should only be using it to empower and benefit the lives of the people that you come into contact with. And then you should have uh, the law of reciprocity or, or receptivity. If you give out to the world and you give uh, love and you give wealth and you give um, meaning and fulfillment to the world, you should be 100% willing to have that come back to you. You should embrace it when it comes back to you. But you need to start with an attitude of giving, with an attitude of my work is to benefit the people that I come into contact with. And then you should be fully open to receive the rewards of that. That's such a great philosophy to carry in life in general, in my opinion. Um, a way that I like to put it is go from ego to we go. 
it doesn't have to be all about like this selfless martyr that just lives as a pauper and and everything is about service to others you sh it just it's an equal exchange where it, as long as you're putting the focus on actually helping people solve their problems soothe their pains that will come back to you but when you when your chief end is to what can you get out of it even if you're exploiting people like you said that's going to come back to bite you in the ass anyway so the it's kind of an ironic counterintuitive concept of like the the way that you get what you want is to not try to get it but actually just to help people and trust in karma trust that it is a law that's in effect that is only a bitch if you are and that if you're just giving that and and trusting that to come back to you we can both win and that doesn't make you selfish to accept that when it does come back to you it's a balance just like most anything in life right Mm -hmm. so man nathan it's been an absolute pleasure uh amazing conversation you know i'd be interested in doing another may maybe sometime but uh as for for now that's all the time we have why don't you let the audience know uh what you're up to and where they can find you and what what you want them to know about so i create content on most of the platforms out there you can usually find me by looking up success magica and that's success like it's normally spelled and then magica m-a-g-i-c-k-a -A. so magica with a k-a at the end um and then if you're if you were interested in this conversation and you've got a business and you want to talk about maybe uh working together on your marketing and advertising. I'm not guaranteeing that I'll take you on. I'm not desperate for work by any means, but if I get a good feeling about you, there's a good chance that we can work together. And if that sounds like something good to you, you can check out my website over at advertisingcheatcodes.com. And I have a bunch of free material over there as well to help people understand advertising and marketing and sales funnels better. So if you want to up your advertising game, get a better understanding of the knowledge that I use to make myself and my clients a whole bunch of money. Advertising cheat codes is a place to go. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you, Logan, for having me on. I enjoyed this conversation a lot. So I just, uh, I just want to express my appreciation at the end of the interview. Totally, Nathan. It's been a, it's been a blast. I loved it. Um, so that's going to conclude today's episode. All of Nathan's links will be down in the description. Definitely do check those out. If you enjoyed this content, please give the video a like. That's the easiest and most effective way that you can support the channel and make sure that this video gets seen by more people. And also don't forget to subscribe to the channel and click the bell notification so that you can get notified every time I'm dropping a new video. So until next time, be empowered, be inspired, and be encouraged.